This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this podcast is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Today, I'm excited to have my guest, Nick Harbour, with me. Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Let's just go ahead and dive into it, Mick. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Oh, wow. Uh, I'll try to keep a very long story as short as possible here because I know we have a we have a timeline. But uh, basically, when I was a kid, I knew I wanted three things. I wanted to, to be married and have a wife and have uh, and have children and then have our own business. So uh I am really pumped and proud to say that I have everything that I want, and the journey has been quite an adventure to get here. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing life. It really is. And I think that can lead into what you're not sorry for and what is one of the boldest statements I've had, I think, on this show yet. So tell people what you're not sorry for. Yeah, I'm not sorry for being a convicted felon. The first time I met you, I'm like, there's no way. Like, he is the, like, most down-to-earth, the kindest. The, and, you know, you have these stereotypes with convicted felons. So tell me more about that process and what got you to no longer being sorry for it. Well, like I like I mentioned, uh, uh, with a little bit about me, I, I wanted all three of those things. And in retrospect, it probably wasn't the smartest thing to have all three of those things happen right after high school. But nonetheless, that's what happened. Uh, me and my wife got married three months after we graduated high school. We started having a family. We started our own business, which was a flooring contracting business. So we installed ceramic tile and marble. Uh, and it was a great business. But um after the first couple of years, I, I couldn't cut it. Like I, I was, I was, you know, I'm sure you weren't like this and no, none of your listeners were like this, but I was kind of an arrogant, you know, a little bit of a know-it-all at 18 years old. I thought I, I thought I could handle everything on my own and knew how to do everything, but, uh, but I couldn't cut it. And, um, uh, one day, actually, I was I was looking at my little baby boy, my firstborn, playing on, with his toys on the floor, and the house went dark. the uh, The electric company cut off our uh, electricity, and it was it was going into winter time, so it was dark in the house, and it was starting to be cold. And you know, I took a look around, and being that you know kind of arrogant know it all that I was back then, I I said to myself, "This is never going to happen again." So. Uh, I picked up the phone and and I made a few calls and uh, started selling weed. And um, at first it was, you know, let me just make a couple hundred bucks a month to cover the electricity bill. But uh, me being the entrepreneurial type of person that I am, uh, it spiraled into somewhat of an empire over the course of a few years and uh, literally was selling tons of weed at one point. And, um, you know, there's there's really... 
there's not a lot of options that that are possible when you're doing something like that that's illegal right like you either you get hurt you get uh, stolen from uh, or you get arrested and and go to jail and that's what happened to me uh, after about uh, want to say seven or eight years of, of selling drugs I uh, I got arrested in October 2007 and um, it was it was kind of devastating. And how did that impact your life going forward? Because now you're here where you are today. Yeah. How would you say what has been the positives from it? And then what's been the negatives from it? Well, I can tell you that, um, you know, we'll start with the negatives first. Let's end on a positive note. Um, back then, you might imagine. Uh, so at that point, I had three kids. Okay, I had my my wife and three kids. We owned a home. Uh, we had these two businesses at the point. The tile business was actually doing really, really well too. After I had built it up over the course of a few years, and you know, I'm making all this money selling weed, right? And um, uh, you lose everything, right? And then, and I'm the I'm I'm the man of the house, and I related to myself as the person who's responsible for providing for my family, and I couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. So you might imagine that I felt, you know, pretty horrible about myself. I was, uh, I was super depressed. I was calling myself every name, every horrible name you could think of. You know, I felt like the biggest loser on the planet. You know, like really, really hard on myself. Uh, I also, you know, I hold myself to a really high bar. So if, um, if I'm not hitting that bar, then I make it mean that I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a loser, you know, like I said. And, um, so it was really depressing. It was really bad like that for a really long time too, several years. Um, and it was like, it put me in, it put me in hustle mode, right? Like I had to, I had to get back to where I was in order to feel good about myself. And that's really, that's not a great place to be, you know, measuring your worth against the results that you produce in the world. And, and that's that's where I was at. You know, um, I couldn't do my tile business anymore because I, I was subbing through a lot of the big box stores like Home Depot and Lowe's. And um, you have to pack, you have to be able to pass a background check in order to be able to go into people's homes and do work. And, and I couldn't anymore. So um, so here I am like. Uh, uh, lost my house, lost both of these businesses and had to move my wife and three kids into my mother's basement. Right. So um, it was like a a grind trying to make money, but also trying to feel good about myself, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I, I was still in that phase where I didn't really want to, I didn't want to talk about it to anybody because I felt so bad about it and I didn't want anybody else knowing anything about uh, anything about me. That's going to make me look as horrible as I feel. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's normal, right. It's not weird. Um, but it, uh, but it didn't help any. Right. Uh, but so at the time, you know, I did, like I said, everything that I could do to, to learn and, and help myself. So I read everything that I could get my hands on, you know, any, anything self-help or personal development, I picked it up and read it or listened to it, you know, and, and uh, started listening to podcasts and going to seminars and things like that. And, um, and you know, started figuring out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Right. So uh, at, on, on one hand, it, at the time, it felt like it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But looking back, it was really the best thing that ever happened to me. Right. It, it, it really, you know, losing everything like that really catalyzed me to um, 
to dive headfirst into personal development and like this really cool journey of transformation, you know? So uh, I, I started listening to mentors and seeking out coaches and, you know, we started making some money again and, um, and uh, I hired my first coach and that made like a really huge difference for me. And, and that really led me to where I am now. I love that. And the things I hear on that too, is that how you made your mess into a message and how you've grown from that. Because a lot of the times people, let's think right now, right now is a mess for a lot of people. Totally. Um, COVID and just, it's like cons consistent failures that seem to be happening or unpredictability. What would you say to people that are in a mess right now? What, what advice or what would you invite them to for just getting over that hump, I guess. I would, I would say lean into it, you know, like actually, actually. So to me, failure is the, is the stepping stone to success, right? Like there's, um, there's really no failure or no mistake. If we find something to learn from it, if we actually look for the value in it, if we look for the gold in it, and that's what I mean by leaning into it. Um, it feels really bad. Uh, so I would, I would also say like, look, look to actually experience the whole experience, feel the feelings. Don't try and distract yourself from it and, 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 and actually be willing to be vulnerable and seek help. You know, there are, look, the, one of the biggest gifts of this for me was learning that I didn't know everything and then going on this kind of mission to, to really find out what I didn't know. And that took me being willing to be vulnerable and me being willing to, you know, be like create intimate relationships with other people that, um, you know, that could really help me. Uh, so that that's what I would say, like, you know, kind of change your mindset around it. Look at this as uh, an opportunity instead of a problem. Um, be be willing to to actually uh, uh, step into it and, and find the people that can really can really help you out because there's. There's really smart people out there. Uh, and this doesn't mean anything about you. It's just uh, a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too, is not self-identifying with it. That is some things that I see a lot of people um, do whenever they deal with struggles, that they bring it into their identity and then they take it on for life. I always talk about the example of me and I had my child out of wedlock and it ruined all my plans, you know. Um, but what it actually did is it actually... It was, it was what propelled me to where I needed to be and how it helped me. So some people are listening to this and their one thought might be like, how is this going to be relevant to me? And how can I help with this or how can this help me to be better? I'm not a convicted felon. I really haven't messed up huge, quote unquote, but I can see things that I need to address. What was like your top? tips that you would say to anybody, no matter where you're at, to addressing your quote unquote failure? Well, uh, I would say that there's, there's really like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the size of it, you know, like what it, especially the size of it, that it, the, the, the way that it looks on the outside, because really what's going on inside is the, is the, is the most impactful or, um, uh, I don't know another word to say for it, but then it's like, uh, it's like pungent, right? It's impactful. And, and, um, it's the thing that really holds us back. Like, you know, I, I say this to people 
like when I met you, right? I told you this story and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually really, that's, that's amazing. Like you've done all this amazing stuff as a result of this happening for you. But for me over here, it felt so bad, you know, and I went out and I was hiding this from people for so long, which makes me show up inauthentic. And, you know, I'm just coming from fear instead of coming from what's possible for me. So I would say that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the, the size of the obstacle is or the size of the failure. It, it matters how much a person is actually holding on themselves over here, right? So, so I would say that um, people really need to just open up and start sharing about that stuff. And, and you know, by, by sharing, we get, the, we get the outside perspective reflected back to us. And that's how we learn. Otherwise, we're just, you know, we're in that comfort zone, right, of, of the familiar thoughts and feelings and interpretations that we have over here. And that just really gets in the way. So I would, I would just challenge people to, to skip over all of that crap that I went through and just, you know, let it out. And that's one thing that I, the reason why I have this show, too, is because of Unapologetically Bold, because we're a human at homework and play, but sometimes it feels like a versus against each other that... Yeah that you can't be yourself and you have to hide this, especially in the hiring process. Pretty big. Oh, yeah. like, oh, I can't. And I had somebody uh, talk to me that I was, she was fired. And she's like, I can't tell anybody I was fired. I'm like, there's so much shame with that. I'm like, well, you didn't do anything wrong, you know, but even if you had something that did, you learn from it. So talk more about the importance and how it has helped you in your work life being what we say is a hot human, humble, open, and transparent and, and talking about ourselves. Wow. Uh, well, my, my job is really to support people through whatever challenges are getting in their way to creating what they want in their businesses. So we, have, we're, uh, we do business coaching and leadership development and culture development with blue collar businesses. So your construction companies, automotive companies, manufacturing, logistics, uh, things like that, right? And um, the, the, the thing about it is, is like people, uh, uh, people come to me with their, with, their, with their fears and their concerns and all of these things that they're, you know, that are blocking them from being successful. So the challenge for me is like, my, you know, my own personal challenge, nobody can tell me anything. Like nobody can, nobody can come to me and say, hey, Mick, like this, this thing is in my way and it, it means that I can't be successful because mm -hmm. I've worked through some of the most difficult things that there are to work through, you know, the, the, the interpersonal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like self-loathing and stuff like that. And the, like literally, you know, not being able to go and do my business because of this thing, like it's on, nobody has to know sometimes if somebody got fired, right? But this is on my record, you know, like look me up, like they're going to find out about this, right? So, um, you know, so that's what it is for me. It's like, I, I get to, I get to really stand for people to own their worth and like work through the work through their own challenges because I've had to do my own work and I've had to work through my own challenges. So if it's possible for me, it's possible for anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think the big part is you're not your mistakes. You yeah. are valuable. You do have worth. That's right. And how many times that what's in our head can really control us more than what even our environment. Cause I will say for me, um, 
on my my situation, some, most of the times it was me telling myself I wasn't worthy enough, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's fine. Like you, you you've overcome this." But sometimes those ghosts from the past can can kick back up. So, what would you tell somebody that like they've been doing great, and then all of a sudden something like this happens, like COVID happens right now, mm-hmm. and another failure? It feels like. What would you say to them on reviewing their past and using it as a kind of like a measuring point, but not to hold on to it? That makes sense. Well, the 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 thing that I would help a person with around that is like is really finding out who they are, like taking a look at who they inherently are as a as a human being, because that doesn't have anything to do with the past and it doesn't have anything to do with the future. Right. Yeah. Because like somebody like you or I, who our work is to really make a difference for people and to help other people, if we, if we like reflect that person's greatness back to them, if we tell them how great they are, how awesome they are, if we acknowledge them, well, as long as they believe that they're uh, a loser or a failure or whatever the, the negative comment that they, that they have on themselves, it's like, it's like throwing all of that recognition and love into a black hole, right? Mm-hmm. So a person really needs to get clear on what what it is the what is the story that they're really holding on themselves? Like, what are they making that mistake mean? Is what I'm keep hearing you say, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got to really shift that story. And that's what I would help them with. It's not about it's not about me telling them how awesome they are because that's just not going to work. You know, it might help. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that. I certainly would, but I would I would work with that person to help them learn how to actually get clear on who they really are and acknowledge themselves for it. Yeah, and what I hear from that, it's not about the why, it's more about the what and that what is you and mm-hmm. focusing on you and who you are and who you identify yourself with and your goals and your aspirations. But it always goes back for me to love others. You have to love yourself first. A hundred percent. And we and we can't we can only love others as much as we love ourselves, right? Yes. And if you're self-loathing and if you do not like yourself, it's it's going to it may not show up, but it will, if that makes sense. You're, you're stopping your 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 progression in life that you can have. So I do have a comment from the audience. And uh, I love this sweet lady, Miss Vaughn. She said, you are a huge inspiration. Do you share your stories with others? In prison, she is uh, she is with Chattanooga CPD, so she's with the police department as oh. well in her local area. So amazing, amazing woman. But I could see where your story could help, Bellin. So do you? Uh, not yet, but I am working with a guy who has a huge commitment to making a difference for uh, uh, for current convicts and also uh, you know ex. Well, I guess. Yeah, ex-cons, like people people who are currently in prison and people who used to be in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually a client of mine right now, and we're we're working together on something that we can we can work on together as a project in that arena. So, uh, not yet is the short answer, mm-hmm. and it's it's to come. Uh, additionally, my uh, I think I mentioned this to you, Emily, when we when we first met a, a couple of months ago, that I'm also launching a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the podcast is called Tragedy to Triumph. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, one of the one of the things that I think is is so um, 
one of the biggest problems for people in prisons and also for for people in like even in the construction industry, right? Like not not everybody knows this, but there's the highest rate of suicide in construction than any other industry. Mm-hmm. That's why my my soul is on fire to do the work that I do with those people. And so the idea for this podcast is to share stories of of vulnerability like this, right? To really this might sound weird, but to really make vulnerability cool for the blue collar worker and for people who are locked up in prison, right? There's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of people that uh, are certainly there's white collar cl- crime, right? But a lot of a lot of blue collar type folks, they you know they might wind up in prison, right? And and I think that the reason why some of the people aren't getting the, the, the help that they need is because of an unwillingness to be vulnerable. So I think sharing stories like this about what, um, you know, what the, what our issues are, what our inner demons are and the process of what it took to really work through that and the, the willingness to share it and get support is going to really help a whole lot of people. I agree. And I think the one thing I hear too, which I love your vulnerability is getting past that. This is a soft thing that this is like you're, it puts an ego on you or it puts some, some stigma, like the scarlet letter. If you talk about it, yeah. but in, in actuality, it helps others. It's so amazing that you are coming up and, and being authentic and vulnerable about something that a lot of people would be like, Oh, I can't talk about because you are the first person I've had that have, has been open about it. But well, I know but, there, but we know a lot of people that have been through it and have overcame it, but they still don't tell their story. Why do you, why do you think that is? I know that you talked about how wanting it to be cool, but is it's it a huge awesome? risk? Mm-hmm. I'll tell I'll be straight up. Like I'm, you know, I've lost business because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and I, I, you know, I tried. Um, uh, I was I was uh, uh, joining a networking group one time, and I was like, "Look, I'm going to start talking, talk, telling my story out out loud in the world, like in on stages and on social media, and I want you all to know." And um, it's uh, it's interesting because, like, I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't get business there, right? Uh, I I said. I shared this story on my website publicly for a few years and I had a, I had a, a potential client call me up and he was like, Hey, why should I hire you? If you, if you had this happen in your life, I don't know if I want to be associated with somebody like that. And I tell you, I, I told him why I share my story out loud like that and, and made a good case for him to still work with me. And he turned me down. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he came to me and then he ended up not going with my service because of it. So it's a risk. That's mm-hmm. why people don't share. Like, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good for me right now. I'm like, you know, what if, what if, so we got some positive comments here, which is great. And I'm sure that there are some people out there that aren't thinking so positively about this. And, and what I, what I have learned is that that's okay. Like everybody's going to have their opinion about it. And, and, and I'm okay with that because I'm okay with me. And I know that like, I know deep in my heart that by me sharing this story, it's going to change lives, you know? So I'm not, uh, I'm willing to have the naysayers say whatever they want to say and feel whatever they want to feel because my, you know, like I said, my soul is on fire and I'm on a mission. I love this. You're such an amazing person. To end this, as I end all of these, 
one question and a follow-up question is one, what would you tell anybody that keeps apologizing for being a convicted felon? <laughs> well, the first thing that came up to me is stop it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's a little simple. So I would say, I would say actually find, find the gold in it, right? Like I've always wanted to share this story, but then at, there was a time when I just couldn't, I couldn't clearly see why I would. So I had to find that, right? And to me, I found a way that I could really make a difference by sharing this story with the work that I do, right? So that takes, that takes a little bit of, um, you know, getting clear and, and maybe getting a little support, but, you know, find, find why share the message and then share it because it's, uh, it's, it's really can make a difference. I love it. And then if anybody wants to reach out to you, um, please let us know how they can contact you. Yeah, thank you. So my website is carbocoaching.com. So carbo like carbohydrate without the hydrate and the word coaching.com. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my favorite platform to use for, uh, for uh, connecting with people on social media. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and you can find me on Instagram, although I kind of don't know how to use Instagram. So you, Emily, you might have to teach me that. Uh, but um, uh, but yeah, reach out. I'd love to talk to anybody about, uh, you know, how I might be able to help them or, or how I can help them, you know, get really clear on why they would share their story too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.